From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Well, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hi to those catching us on one of our affiliate stations across North America, from Alaska to Texas and from Oregon to New Mexico. Hi to those of you who listen to the podcast. It's everywhere. Just Google it. It's everywhere. Uh, those of you who take the uh, show with you wherever you go with the Conspiracy Show app. Those of you who watch the live YouTube stream. Oh, and incidentally, please hit that red subscribe button. We uh, we just crossed over the 7,200 subs mark, and we're trying to get to 10,000. Help us out if you could. Finally, all of you loyal supporters who join us every week in the live stream chat, Weiwei and Gord Oland and You Betcha and Baji Kimron and Merlin Wild and, and all the rest of you. I, I know there are more of you, and I didn't name you. I'll try to get to, to others. But thank you so much. However and wherever you're listening and watching, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, have you f- have subscribed to my new podcast yet? Both of them. I've got two of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and check it out. And then the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, which is part of the Jericho Network. In association with Westwood One, new episodes drop every Wednesday at midnight. So if you like rock and roll and dark mysteries, I think you're going to love the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. Again, just Google it and uh, a bunch of different places pop up where you can listen and subscribe. Uh, But it's available just about everywhere. You know, UFO researchers and advocates have been pushing for some kind of official disclosure from governments for years. Uh, And finally, uh, it would appear that they're having some success. Witness the uh, New York Times article last December where a a military whistleblower came forward with details of a secret Pentagon UFO study, a de facto admission. The U.S. government knows about UFOs and is concerned about them. So a a disclosure of sort. Well, one has to wonder if we'll ever get disclosure when it comes to chemtrails. Or geoengineering programs, if you prefer that term. We know the U.S. Defense Department has been trying to own the weather for decades. They even published a white paper about it, acknowledging this desire. It's called Owning the Weather by 2025. Many would insist they are way ahead of schedule. And many of you who listen uh, to this program every week have noticed those long white trails, often visible behind jets flying at high altitudes. Strange, lingering, so-called contrails crisscrossing the skies and then slowly spreading out until the entire sky is covered in a dull gray haze. Many of you, no doubt, have asked yourself, what are they spraying? Maybe you even called the local paper and asked to speak to a reporter about it, only to be laughed at derisively. Maybe you took the extra step and called Transport Canada and you were hung up on. Well... When are we going to get disclosure when it comes to chemtrails and geoengineering? I'm not holding my breath, but Matt Landman isn't just standing by idly. He's trying to create a groundswell of awareness with his crowdfunded documentary on this very subject. It's called Frankenskies. And he also organizes an annual geoengineering summit. The third is coming up this May. He's an activist, researcher, speaker, filmmaker, founder of ActualActivists.com. 
And again, his documentary about weather modification, geoengineer, ge- geoengineering, and solar radiation management, again, is all laid out nicely in Frankenskies the Movie. You can go to frankenskiesthemovie.com and watch it. And again, the third annual Global Summit to Stop Geoengineering at the Gallagher Theater, Saturday, May the 12th, 2018, University of Arizona in uh, Tucson. And I know we've got uh, some affiliates down that way, so if you're listening, try and get out there and support that. Matt, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, very well. Thank you. My pleasure. You know, um, I was um, I was going back over some old articles, and uh, here's someone one from MIT Technology Review. MIT Technology Review, and here's the headline. Harvard scientists moving ahead on plans for atmospheric geoengineering experiments. The climate researchers intend to launch a high-altitude balloon that would spray a small quantity of reflective particles into the stratosphere. Uh, And people can go on and uh, they can Google that and look it up for themselves. But here is an acknowledgement. They're thinking about it. Whenever I see something like that, they're thinking about it, doing it maybe sometime in the future. My red, all the red flags go up. That means they've been doing it for quite a while. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, what's the date on that? Is that a January 2017 article? March, uh, March 2017. Uh, March. MIT Technology Review. Yeah, no, I um, I have an update on my um, Gmail. Every time bird, chemtrails, geoengineering, solar radiation management, anytime those terms come up on the Internet, I'm notified. And so when that first um, started coming out through Harvard, um, I was bombarded with uh, all sorts of media outlets where spewing that information of they had a fix for global warming and if you if you look into it it's it's quite funny the way they um spoon feed it to the public what they say is first they decided they wanted to use mirrors and they were going to put mirrors up in space but they couldn't figure out how to get them all to float the right way and all this stuff then they decided they were going to do diamond dust and reflect sunlight by using diamond dust but diamond dust was too expensive. So then after realizing that sulfuric acid might kill too many people, now they found that nanoparticulate aluminum is quite inexpensive and it reflects particles perfectly. So that's what they're going to quote-unquote experiment with. There was another major geoengineering conference, I think down in San Diego, maybe five years ago. You'll remember, you'll know that one better than I do. But again, they were floating that idea back then. Well, we may have to start thinking about this in order to forestall, you know, global warming. And we, we may need to think about pouring hundreds and thousands of metric tons of aluminum particulates into the atmosphere to prevent global warming. So again, they're telling us, they're telling us they're going to do this. Uh, and I, I, I always suspect, you know, when they're telling us they're going to, it means they already are. Here's the question I've always had regarding chemtrail spraying. How do you run a mixture, a fuel mixture, with aluminum particulates through a jet engine? Let's say you're using one of these big Hercules, uh, these C-1 transport planes or something like that, or even a commercial airliner. How do you run aluminum particulates through a jet engine without destroying it? What I experienced where I live in Arizona and when I lived in British Columbia as well, a lot of it's drones with spraying going on. It's not really coming out of the the jet engines. And then when it is commercial flights and it looks to be like it's spraying, there's fuel additives 
and in certain jet fuels that are like JP8, but I'm not super familiar with all of that. I do know that there's patented barium release rocket technology, and these rockets go from the ground directly up, and they look kind of like a uh, glider, and they release barium plumes, and those are just out of like these sprayer kind of things, and then they mix with different drones that have sprayers and I wouldn't get too hung up on that aspect of it, but I would like to go back really quick while we're talking about the experiment. So here's the normalization agenda timeline that we're dealing with. Right. We, we've been over here debating over the word chemtrails, contrails, geoengineering, and all the while the tropospheric aerosol program was released in 2001. I, I heard you mention an amazing document, the Air Force document talking about owning the weather by 2025. Yes, I would love it. I would love it if you would look up the tropospheric aerosol program through the Department of Energy of 2001. That's the TAP program. There, they outlined the budget. They even spend five million dollars that year on not getting caught um, unleashing their agenda to control solar energy, and they they use all sorts of fancy words like precursor gases, and they they grid the skies over a major city, Nashville, Tennessee, and. Um, the United States, and they, they set up everything, their budget on all of it, but they don't use the word chemtrails, contrails, or geoengineering because the terminology and everything, the entire debate, the entire narrative has been framed. And ultimately, it's to get us where we're at, where now they're unleashing it as a solution to global warming so that they can control everything that we hold dear, our sunlight, our air, our weather, everything as we know it, they're publicly saying that they're going to take control of it because they have, quote, exclusive rights to saving the planet. So what has happened is a small group of quote-unquote scientists with Bill Gates and other globalists involved, they have come together and set up what's called a solar geoengineering governance regime. They considered things like, should we even consider public health when we launched this regime? But they claim they have exclusive rights to saving the planet. That's a paper. That's another paper you can look up. The exclusive rights of saving the planet through geoengineering uh, patents. And what they claim is they have the ability and they shouldn't have to follow any laws and that they need to launch full-scale deployment immediately to block out the sun everywhere, to dim our skies, to, to whiten the skies, no more blue skies for anybody anywhere ever. And they want to um, mimic a volcanic eruption. That's what they call it. They're calling it a um, Mount Pinatubo effect. Mount Pinatubo had erupted in, in the Philippines in 1991. Right. And uh, supposedly, according to science... The sulfuric dust, all the dust went in the atmosphere all over the planet, and the global mean temperature declined approximately one degree Celsius. Well, they claim they want to mimic a volcanic eruption, but with a, aluminum or something else that they might experiment with. But we all know it's aluminum because it's already showing up in the rainwater. But if we want to play the game of the official narrative, that's the story. And so they want to launch full-scale deployment and do it everywhere all the time. They say that their experiment won't even work unless they do it everywhere all the time and mimic a volcanic eruption and spray the skies everywhere all at once. But first, they have to have their experiment. So they're having the experiment to basically get consent from the public because our silence is somehow our consent and this weird dystopian, I don't... My, I don't I don't even want to live on this timeline anymore, but for some reason, all of a sudden, if you don't speak up, you're consenting to things. That's the world we now live in. Right. But either it's way. It's the negative billing option. We used, we call it up here in Canada. Uh, Matt, hold on. We'll come back. And incidentally, uh, Matt is correct. It's uh, the Tropospheric Aerosol Program, March 2001, the Department of Energy. Uh, and I'll read you a little bit of the uh, the foreword. Uh, from Dr. Ari Patrinos, Associate Director of Biological and Environmental Research, Office of Science, U.S. Department of Energy. 
It's uh, it's quite a title, and wait till you hear this. Back with more. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett. Chari Kroplan tweets, I am an airline pilot. Contrails are frozen ice nuclei. When I look up at contrails, they look white. When I look down on contrails from a higher altitude, they look black. It's not chemicals. Sorry. Now, thanks to uh, Matt Landman for uh, setting us on to this tropospheric aerosol program that was uh, this paper, this study, released in March of 2001 by the Department of Energy. And let me just read here quickly from the... Uh, Associate Director for Biological and Environmental Research, Office of Science, U.S. Department of Energy, Dr. Ari Petrinos. The Department of Energy and its predecessor agencies, the Atomic Energy Commission and the Energy Research and Development Administration, have a long and enviable record of accomplishment in the science of atmospheric aerosols. This research, which had its genesis in the study of fallout from atmospheric weapons testing, has found valuable new application in understanding the environmental effects of fossil fuel combustion and allied energy-related activities. Now, consistent with the nation's desire to preserve and enhance our environment and minimize the risk to human health and welfare from atmospheric pollutants, the atmospheric science research community faces a new challenge to develop sensible and effective strategies to achieve the new National Ambient Air Quality Standard for Fine Particles, the so-called PM2.5 standard. Achieving, <clears throat> excuse me, achieving this standard in a way that will have minimum impact on the nation's ability to meet its energy requirements requires a much more compli- complete understanding of the processes governing the loading, composition, and microscop- microphysical properties of these aerosols than is now available. Just bear with me now. Fine particles are implicated in another important issue that may affect the nation's energy economy, namely climate change. Fine particles scatter solar radiation, decreasing the amount of the sun's energy that is absorbed by the planet and thereby exerting a cooling influence on climate. The magnitude of this influence is not known. For certain, but certain estimates indicate that it is comparable to the warming influence of increased concentrations of greenhouse gases and may consequently be offsetting a major fraction of the greenhouse warming that would otherwise have been experienced over the industrial period. So here they're telling us they're going to start experimenting. This is in 2001 by spraying fine particles into the atmosphere in order to ameliorate the effects of global warming. And that was 2001. That's... 17 years ago, folks, but we can all relax. This report was printed on recycled paper. All right. So, Matt, thank you again for that. What I was talking about was this experiment that was going to unfold and the entire unfolding of the agenda at hand. So what we've witnessed is over just the past year, there has been a complete shift into, you can tell your flight attendant who commented, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. There is no theory behind it. It is being launched publicly as a solution to global warming, and the media is literally showing us chemtrail photos saying, this is what we're going to do to save you. 
So let's just talk the, the, the time for conjecture and arguing over ice crystals. That time is over now. Okay. Flight attendant woman. So let's go into the present tense. The present tense is there's an experiment. It is being launched in Tucson this year, Tucson, Arizona. I moved my family from Vancouver, British Columbia after having made Frankenskies the movie. Please check it out. Frankenskiesthemovie.com. Frankenskies is on YouTube as well. And I even interviewed uh, former premier of British Columbia, Bill Vanderzam in the film. And he um, is totally outraged about the chemical spraying and knows all about it. So there's some for the Canadians that want to see a politician talking about it. There you have it. And we came down to Arizona for this experiment. We're now living in Arizona to have the third global summit to stop geoengineering, along with having a protest and bringing awareness and scrutiny to this experiment. If this experiment goes according to plans, the solar geoengineering governance regime, a regime put in place, a self-proclaimed regime to block out the sun, Okay, this isn't just a theory that flight attendants get to scoff at anymore. All right, I'm, I'm done attacking her. I'm sorry about that. But, 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 but seriously, <laughs> Actually, I think it was a he. I think he just said he was a he was a pilot. I don't know what kind of. A oh, he, he's lying. He's a girl. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so, um, but seriously, and I can tell you why the people um, have no ability to even think that it could even be going on. And I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, because I've devoted my life to this, and I'm trying to get every intricacy down. And as I'm meeting people on the street and doing these shows, I've been able to narrow it down into this. It's a compartmentalization, indoctrination, and need-to-know basis. It's actually not in that order. It's The, the order is indoctrination, compartmentalization, need-to-know basis. And that's how people get away with doing their job and not having to worry about the fact that maybe their plane is spraying people and maybe their Air Force friends are spraying people or whatever it may be because they're not connected to the overall thing. They're being told that they're saving the world from global warming. So if this experiment goes down according to plans in Tucson, Arizona, they're going to go up in a balloon. The balloon's going to hover over Arizona with actually a um, tube going to the ground to canisters of chemicals. It's not even like the balloon has to carry the payload. It's hovering with a tube. And then the tube will spray different chemicals in the sky to see which ones work best to block out the sun. They just happen to be using different variable sizes, nanoparticulate sizes of oxidized aluminum. Lo and behold, that's what's showing up in our rainwater. That's what's showing up in the geoengineering patents for a couple of decades. That's what's showing up in the trees and everywhere. The bees are colony collapse disorder from it. Even the, um, even the different plants that are being researched by the Department of Agriculture and the lichen, pardon me, the lichen are showing up with toxic levels of aluminum because they're getting their nutrients through the air. They breathe the air and get their nutrients, and all they're getting is aluminum from all this aerosolized aluminum that's already being sprayed. But either way, let's talk about the present tense. If they, their experiment goes well and they find the solution, which they claim to be the solution, which is to dim the sunlight to save us from this heating that is supposedly going on, then they want to launch full-scale deployment and do that everywhere from balloons and from planes and have no more blue skies for anybody on Earth anymore for, they say, a few years until they get to see if it's working or not. But aren't they doing that now, Matt? I mean, isn't this a canard, this idea that they're going to do this experiment? They're just they're climatizing us to this idea that they're going to do this, but they've been doing it, haven't they? For decades. 
Well, if you see my film Frankenskies, they've been gearing up for this for almost a century. But um, I, I like to speak in the present tense so that I can um, even get people like that flight attendant on my side because a lot of people aren't ready to wake up to this. It's a very small percentage. I, I know you know about um, the demographic of the per- people in the world that we live in, and most people aren't ready to wake up to much, especially something so grandiose and traumatic as this but this is the truth and if we don't act and speak up our voices will be too late in the not too distant future the one thing that i want everyone to take away from listening to this show is the next generation i don't care if you want to sit and play video games okay it's your bloodline it's your ancestry all of the work that has been done to get us to where we're at your ancestors fought for you to get here and we're one generation away from children who don't get to know what a blue sky is like okay it's up to us to come together for the children it's not about oh his ego and this conspiracy and this and that it's about the future of humanity how many tons metric tons of aluminum particulates would they need to put into the atmosphere have you seen any calculations, any estimates, in order to forestall this global warming bogeyman? David W. Keith is the guy. He's from Calgary, and then he went to Harvard, and he's this Harvard professor, and he's their primary solar geoengineer. He has shown the different how many metric, how many tons. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. He even puts a dollar amount on it annually, which I believe was only 20 billion or only I think it might have been 100 billion pardon me but either way all of that is just manipulation of the narrative to tell people that this problem reaction solution agenda is all is our only choice which it's not they're creating the problem with ionospheric heating technology the thing about this big global warming climate change discussion is the huge elephant in the room which is Weather engineering, which is ionospheric heaters, okay? So for the people listening, I know a lot of you have heard of Nikola Tesla and frequency manipulation, and HARP HARP is is something that a lot of people know about. It's an acronym, H-A-A-R-P. It stands for Highly Active Auroral Research Program. Right, we've done a number of shows on that, yeah. Terrific. Yeah, it's an antenna array in Alaska, and they put the antenna's focus at a focal point in the atmosphere where the chemtrails are administered, and then they can superheat the atmosphere with with frequency. Well, they've taken that technology, and they've shrank it, and they've put it all over the place. So there's ionospheric heaters all over the place. Like, I'm talking even to the degree that there's 20, 30 of them in the United States. There's They're all over the world. And they superheat portions of the atmosphere to steer around weather and to make storms and to curve the jet stream or to create drought and to just play God with our weather without our consent, without any scrutiny or transparency whatsoever. And then when we talk about global warming, the heating of the atmosphere isn't even taken into consideration. Okay, so to have that conversation, we have to go there for one. And then two, through the problem reaction solution scenario, this Hegelian dialectic that they've created, their solution to it is the exact problem. The exact thing that we're up against is their solution, spraying the skies and creating the greenhouse effect and then superheating it with these ionospheric heaters to get the metallic particles to suspend in the atmosphere. And they're going to do that and it's going to heat the planet. And then they're going to say that they have to do it more to save us. How is that okay? This is our everything. 
What is the connection between skyrocketing uh, Alzheimer's cases and Parkinson's and heart attacks, for example, after, you know, we hear reports after some of these springs in, in California, trips to emergency for heart attacks and so forth, just spikes. Has anyone done a study sort of correlating or, or at least comparing the uh, when there's a lot of spraying activity to uh, increases in Alzheimer's and, and these sorts of things? There's an activist, his website is StopSprayingUs.com, Patrick Roddy, and he's been digging really deep into the um, death records and it's really amazing how much information is hidden from people who are inquiring and another thing, that I was really impressed that you looked up that tropospheric aerosol program document so fast. Thank you, by the way. And one thing that I would encourage you to also look up is the word thunderstorm asthma. Did you ever catch those headlines, thunderstorm asthma? I have not heard of that before. So, thunderstorm asthma. So, so if you watch my film, Frankenskies, you'll see that the, uh, it's just it's just quite insane that a whole dozen, 12 new clouds were introduced just in the past year, and they're all part of the geoengineering agenda. They're each one some sort of aerosolized nanoparticulates, and they're calling them different cloud names as they normalize the agenda to tell us that this is our solution to uh, to everything, and then they're going to end up charging us for it through the carbon um, agenda, but that's just a whole other story. But if you look at this thunderstorm asthma, you've got people having... Orange clouds come in, and then they're dropping dead on the street from what's barium. It's, it's too much barium. They're spraying too much barium, and they had to make up a whole name for it. I encourage you to look that one up. There you go. It's a thing, folks. It's a thing. Thunderstorm asthma. The triggering of an asthma attack by environmental conditions directly caused by a local thunderstorm. Sure. All right. Back with more of my conversation with Matt Landham. And uh, the movie is Frankenskies, the movie. Check it out, frankenskiesthemovie.com, frankenskiesthemovie.com. Back with more. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome. Matt Landman is uh, with us, activist, filmmaker, frankenskiesthemovie.com. If you want to check it out, frankenskiesthemovie.com. You mentioned... Something very interesting. Well, you've mentioned a lot of very interesting things, but you, a word in particular that I sort of latched onto, and that was compartmentalization. Uh, because a gentleman we've had on the program a couple of times, uh, J. Marvin Herndon, um, has, when, when describing geoengineering, he's referred to this as the New Manhattan Project. The New Manhattan Project. And people always say, well, how do you keep these things uh, a secret? And, and uh, you can't keep such operations a secret that's why conspiracies don't happen and uh, one of the great examples of how you can do that is the Manhattan Project through compartmentalization over 600,000 people worked on the Manhattan Project and uh, yes eventually it leaked out and then the Russians got word of it but for during its peak years nobody knew about it the wives uh, of the, of the the scientists and and uh, you know not to be sexist but let's you know predominantly they were m- men male scientists working on the Manhattan Project this is back in the 40s 600,000 employees now at its peak at one time about 125,000 but cumulatively about 600,000 people worked on the Manhattan Project and and the wives didn't even know so what do you think of that analogy the new Manhattan Project uh, Matt 
I love it. And um, that was then when there was actually um, investigative journalists that weren't all controlled. Imagine what it's like today when all of the media and everything that we're exposed to is is completely controlled with all of the censorship that we're seeing and this Operation Mockingbird from the CIA in full effect. And this, it's a, basically a complete attack on discernment. We don't even know up from down at this point, but none of the information is getting out. So, yeah, I love the analogy. A lot of people don't don't even know about half the things that are going on. There's even public programs that people don't know about, such as the CARE program. It's... um. CARE stands for Charged Aerosol Release Experiment, and that program is through good old trusted NASA, who NASA has a budget of $52 million per day, daily budget of $52 million, and they have a fleet of planes that make noctilucent clouds, they call them noctilucent clouds, and they publicly do it. They mix barium, aluminum, strontium, nanoparticulate, oxidized, aerosolized versions of these poisonous heavy metals that we should not have in our our air, our ozone, any of this. None of it should be up there. And they, quote, use the atmosphere as a laboratory. That's a NASA quote, that they use the atmosphere as a laboratory. And this is a public pro you can google it you can just it's right there and still no one knows so imagine if they really wanted to be covert and black ops after 9-11 mind you the tropospheric aerosol program that document it came out in 2001 and then a few months later was 9-11 so no one's thinking about no one's thinking about chemtrails at that point they're thinking about terrorism and all that stuff but after 9-11 half of the budget went black ops the people the congressional members those people signing these huge checks they don't even know where that money is even going so we've got public projects like the care program again shrouded in all of these different terminologies we've got solar radiation management stratospheric aerosol injections the care program and all these different projects all of them not using the word chemtrails, but all of them actually chemtrails and then demonizing the, the word chemtrails through their controlled narrative. It's, it's, quite a, it's, it's quite a task, and they've done an amazing job at controlling the dialogue. Uh, I mentioned um, Dr. Um, um, Marvin Herndon, who, who's calling this the New Manhattan Project. Do you, do you follow Dr. Herndon? Are you in communication with Marvin Herndon at all? Uh, yeah, I went down to San Diego when I first started digging into this. Um, there's not a name in the whole Kim Trail book that I haven't, because um, I, I, I've literally devoted my entire existence to this. This wasn't my life. Like I didn't really expect, or I didn't, I did not expect to wake up just to, to a world like this in my 30s, no less, and have this complete um, shift in perspective and 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 life ambition and everything. And so here I am. Um, that was three years ago. I went down to San Diego and interviewed J. Marvin Herndon and talked to him about all of it. And he opened my eyes to the – well, first of all, he talks about the coal fly Yeah, that's that, what I was going to ask you about that. How do you feel about it's coming up. It's coming up in the rainwater. And this opens up an amazing segue back to that tropospheric aerosol program, Department of Energy. So once I started really going with it, doing all these different – um, conferences and getting around. I had different people approaching me saying that they knew exactly where the trains were taking it and what and all this stuff. And these trains were going directly from coal burning power plants 
full of this sludge and they were going di directly to air force bases and these people were talking about um even hij like stopping these trains and all this stuff and i'm like well this has got to be something i should look into so we started following the money and i talked to these different researchers and come to find out the department of energy is just so involved in this it's not even it's not even funny so matt i gotta jump so in deep. apologies yeah. gotta take a quick time out we'll come back and we'll continue to talk about coal fly ash and aluminum particulates and uh, geoengineering back with matt landman frankenskies the movie.com stay with us question everything this is the conspiracy show with richard sarrett frankenskiesthemovie.com check it out how long ago did you make that movie matt um it was released in june of 2017 and and really what was funny about that is we were right on the verge of some incredible shift in um censorship online okay i was I was getting traction online, as were a lot of other truth speakers, and little did I realize that I was one month away from the breaks on everything. So I released, I was just chomping at the bit to get the film out. I released this director's cut, which is the version that's on YouTube right now, and I've got frankenskiesthemovie.com with a slightly newer version. And what it was is I just wanted to get the information out immediately. I thought that I was going to be making a film telling people that chemtrails existed you know so there wasn't much of a timeline there wasn't i wasn't going to run out of time or anything i was just going to say hey look you guys really have to look at the skies like what's going on and finally as the film reached almost completion all of a sudden this agenda came out with these new clouds and this agenda to normalize it and to tell us that the, there's con that there's federal funding going towards harvard research to block the sun with what looks exactly to be exactly what i was telling trying to tell people existed so it was a blessing and a curse so i had to shift in that direction and and change my story a little bit but let's get back to the department of energy because that yeah. it, it is it is an amazing coal fly um, yeah it is an amazing thing once you start putting it together and once the the puzzle pieces come together it's like oh well that makes perfect sense think about it you've got these oil and coal companies these rich these rich evil people that pollute the environment they don't care about us and you've got solar power coming along and the solar wafers are getting more efficient and people are are utilizing the sunlight and they don't want us to be able to do that so for one they were like okay well let's let's block out the sun and we can nip that in the bud and then we can actually get control of everything and whoever wants blue skies will have to pay us lots of money or whatever because they're evil i guess and then on top of that they have coal fly ash and they didn't know what to do with it so when you have coal burning power plants which are there's a lot of them especially in the united states they burn the coal and the coal ash i'm sorry the coal soot once it's burned the smoke goes through the smokestack but there's a filtration process and when it's filtered there's this disgusting toxic sludge that they wash out that's all nanoparticulate all these disgusting things and these same signatures are coming up in the rainwater on heavy spray days according to the research of the j marvin herndon but what's really staggering is the 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 trains are going directly to the air force bases from those facilities so you've got the department of energy who also now it gets even more interesting because in this weather engineering 
controlling the weather program that has gone into the private sector now, and it's not just the U.S. Air Force trying to control it all. They actually make fake weather and clouds through the plumes of the power plants. And I know this sounds far-fetched, but this is actually happening. These these power plants can dictate when they release moisture plumes, and the plumes are gigantic. And suppose, say, Hurricane Harvey was coming over to Houston, and they wanted to juice the storm and make it twice and three times as big and keep it fueled. They can selectively determine when they release these gigantic moisture plumes and what locations. And it's actually part of the entire agenda that controls the weather in the United States, at least. So you've got that, and then you've got the refinement process the Air Force faced. They can just pull the nanoparticulate, cadmium, cadmium aluminum, strontium, barium, all these dirty um, metallics. They, they're the byproduct of burning the coal. So they don't even have to go out and get it. So the Department of Energy just dishes it to the U.S. Air Force, and they just work together in spraying the skies to control everything. And now they're trying to convince the world that their evil scheme is actually the solution to another problem that they actually made up, too. So they're taking this byproduct of coal-fired plants, this coal fly ash, and then they're dumping that back into the atmosphere. they got to get rid of it somehow. they got to use it somehow. Well, here's something useful we can do with it. It's almost like the fluoride, the byproduct from making aluminum, they got permission to dump that into the water because they had to get rid of it. They had to do something with it. And then you have the fluoride combining with aluminum. Somehow it, it bonds and combines with oxygen, and this is what's being found in Alzheimer's patients. So it's just like they just keep, you know, creating this garbage and then feeding it back to us. It's like, uh, you know, circus animals eating them, eating their own feces or something. It's just horrible. No kidding, and it's really important, and I'm glad that you brought that up, brother, because the fluoride is a really important part of the agenda. And so now I'd love to segue into how you can empower and inspire yourself with this knowledge to actually take your health into your own hands and be the best that you can be with the truth, because the truth really it sets you free. Don't let it... Don't let it upset you. I know when you really wake up to all of it, it is a little upsetting, but ultimately it's it's part of the empowerment process. So one thing really important to avoid is that fluoride. You have to have the water needs to be reverse osmosis. It can't just be filtered. If it's got fluoride in it, you need to get it out. Also, these teas and the kombuchas and sodas and all these things, there's fluoride in it, the toothpaste. You've got to make sure there's no fluoride in that because the fluoride – you don't realize this. It plays a very important role in escorting that aluminum into your brain. The right. aluminum that you're being sprayed with, nanoparticulate levels in the air, the aluminum that you're exposed to in your deodorants and other foods and all this stuff, it gets in your bloodstream but doesn't pass your blood-brain barrier. After you're an infant, you have a blood-brain barrier. And Fluoride, it pass, it can pass that and it actually escorts the aluminum past your blood brain barrier. And like I say in my film, Frankenskies and Patrick Roddy researcher discloses that Alzheimer's is now the leading cause of death in the UK. That is staggering. I mean, for history, it's been heart attack and cancer and all this. Now Alzheimer's is the leading cause of death in the UK. They get sprayed like bugs over there. And it's with this nanoparticulate aluminum. It's killing the bees. It's killing the humans. It's killing the plants. And we can't, we can't let it go down. So first of all, take the health into your own hands. Start to experiment with different chelation methodologies. Look it up. 
chelation, C-H-E-L-A-T-E, that's chelate. And you can, you can do it with spirulina, you can do it with corella, you can do it with bentonite clay or zeolite clay, even cilantro helps, asparagus really helps pull these heavy metals out of your body. Like get the heavy metals out of your body and then learn that you need to mineralize. Everybody is mineral deficient. If you eat or have ever eaten sugar in your entire life, you are magnesium deficient. Every molecule of sugar that you ingest, it takes 54 molecules of magnesium to process that one molecule of sugar. So it's a 54 to 1 ratio. It's wild. Look it up. And we really need that. We need magnesium. And it's not very bioavailable in the sources that we can get it from, such as chocolate and greens and what have you. But chlorophyll is really important. The central atom in the chlorophyll molecule is magnesium. So get your greens, get them. I've got a juicer, you know, but like do what you can and get mineralized. You can get these colloidal monatomic elements. They're plant-based and they even have these metals in them. The noble metals, especially the gold, palladium, silver, all that stuff. We need that stuff. Our food and our soil no longer has it. It's so depleted. Our soil is so uh, depleted. You know what's interesting though? And tie this all into back to the aluminum and that is the Mm -hmm. aluminum alkalizes. I always have trouble with that word. Alkalizes the soil. So what is Monsanto doing? They're creating these plants that thrive in alkalized, alkalized soil. So that exactly. kind of brings it full circle. Uh, and, and just, and just if, yeah. if I can, um, just finish really quick and also, yeah, talk, th- think about alkalinizing your body and research Dr. Sebi, SCBI. But ultimately, the mineralization is so important and I'll end with this because if you're mineralized, your body isn't absorbing these toxins from the air. So if you're up to date, if you're up to speed with your minerals from getting the minerals from a supplement and taking care of your body, you won't absorb the chemtrails that are being sprayed on you and you won't get Alzheimer's and you won't get sick because you're you're not mineral deficient. I actually I had that backwards. The the, al- the aluminum acidifies the soil. Uh, no, it alkalinizes it surprisingly. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah, All it's right. Uh, you want to be alkaline in your body, but not in your soil. Okay, got. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about uh, the uh, the big global summit to stop geoengineering coming up in uh, May. Okay, so like I was saying, I moved down from Vancouver, Canada, to Arizona to host this conference to bring scrutiny and transparency and awareness to this launch of a balloon that's going to spray aluminum in the skies over Tucson to save us from global warming, to launch this agenda, to put us on this timeline, to having full-scale deployment, Mount Pinatubo effect, where the sun is blocked out in a couple years, and the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation after that, don't get to ever see blue skies, okay? So I am hosting an event on May 12th at the university there at the Gallagher Theater. I have a website for it, stopgeoengineeringtucson.com. Tucson is spelled Tuxon, T-U-C-S-O-N, for people that don't know. And what we're going to do on May 12th is we're going to come together. We've got the best speakers on the topic. We've got Alana Freeland, myself. We've got Clifford Karnakam, and I've got music and other speakers. Patrick Roddy will be there. We've got a nurse speaking and people talking about all of the truth that is behind how we got to where we're at and how to move forward in a direction of scrutiny and transparency where the human right to a say in environmental decision making is actually taken into consideration. So I'm going to follow it up with a Mother's Day protest out front of the media station. We're going to the major news broadcaster in Tucson. We're going to have a protest. We're going to have signs that say we do not consent to solar geoengineering. We're going to have signs that say 
we demand unbiased media coverage because we can at least start there and have the media tell the world that we do not consent. And then ultimately, we're going to have enough momentum so that when they do have their experiment in Tucson, we're going to rally and show the world through our protest that we do not consent to this. Well, that's the key. I mentioned UFO disclosure off the top and how they finally, you know, they've pushed that needle with that New York Times article in December. That's what we need in this arena as well with the geoengineering is to have one brave uh, news gathering organize uh, news gathering organization, one brave reporter journalist who actually sort of breaks through that glass ceiling and writes a serious article about this. There's, as I said, there's a Pulitzer Prize waiting for someone to do that. Yeah, I think the chemtrails is is the most important thing facing humanity. As far as, far as if you really get into the nitty gritty, we have to do something about it. I have this whole story about the monarch butterfly that I'll spare you. But what happens with the monarch butterfly is each generation is so important. If they don't make it to their next gen- generation, they don't set the stage for the next generation to even have a species. Okay, we're talking about the future of our species. This isn't anything less than that. So it's our time to come together, set aside our differences, and tell the world that we do not consent to solar geoengineering before it's too late. Frankenskiesthemovie.com. Matt, a real pleasure. We'll have you on again. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to uh, Ian, Albert, and Ryan. Back next week with Preston Dennett, Underseas UFO Bases, and Angela Thomas, Psychic. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed. Nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts GOOD11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting GOOD11 to 88988. That's G-O-O-D-11 to 88988.